doing today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. You already know what time it is. It is Friday, first Friday of uh, November here. I am joined by Ben Gorowitz once again. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Oh, it's the best. It's, it, well, it's the day before the best day of the week, I guess I should say. But I'm happy, smile on my face, talking sports with you to our people. I'm ready to get this thing going. Oh yeah, Ben. It's always a good time. You know me and Ben are ready. This has got to be the best Friday or Saturday. So, what do you think? Is this the best Saturday slate of college games all season long? Well, I think we have the game of the year for sure to this date. So, I, you know, I, I think so. I, I do think so. Wow, I can't believe you're going to put it over the UGA and uh and Alabama game. I'm honestly shocked well, I mean, this you is, say that. This is well. I mean, it's one. It's number one in the uh, country on the road at number. four. Five Notre Dame number five or are they four four or five they're four so it's mm-hmm. one versus four and I just yeah I don't I had I don't think Stetson Bennett is a threat to beat Alabama when Waddle was playing at least Waddle doesn't play defense but I this game sh- I think it's gonna be close and we'll get into that oh yeah for sure you already know we got the big matchups of the weekend on here lots of ranked matchups across the board um actually I know I said we weren't gonna start this game but we got to start out Friday night since it is Friday night, or I guess it's mid Friday afternoon right now. We got to start out with the Friday night ranked matchup. I mean, how rare is that, man? You get a Friday, a ranked game on a Friday night. It now reads, wow, I didn't even see this. The line has now moved to BYU minus four. Over under is at 62.5 as number nine BYU goes on the road to face number 21 Boise State. BYU 7 0. Boise State 2 0. What are you thinking on this game, Ben? I mean, Boise State hasn't played that much football, but there are 2 0. Uh, do we have an official word on their starting quarterback? Um, last I checked, we still don't have a starting word, but I also haven't checked since about 3 o'clock. I would assume yeah. the line was at 3, and then it went to 3.5 this morning, and now it's at 4. I would assume he's not playing. I'll try to look that up while you talk, though. Yeah, I'm, yeah so we'll assume he's not playing. Um, Zach Wilson, the quarterback of BYU, is in the Heisman race, and probably deserving so. He's putting up mm-hmm. some big numbers, um, really drafting up that uh, that stock of his, um, McShay has taken notice. I remember McShay the last last week. Uh, he was a on the field reporter. He even mentions that how good Zach Wilson's been. This BYU team can really score. Uh, it really starts with number one, the quarterback Zach Wilson. I don't think there's a team that can really on their schedule that's going to slow him down. I really don't. He throws a tremendous deep ball. Um, it's if it's not the best in the country. It's probably second best right there with Mac Jones from Alabama. This dude can really sling it. He can run if necessary. BYU is just rolling. I like the fact that they have actual in-game experience compared to just the 2-0 and Boise State. This is a no play for me, but I think it's an exciting game to watch, and hopefully it can stay close uh, for just the casual fan. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Ben. I mean, I'm honestly kind of glad that this game is its own little standalone game. This way, you know, we can all watch it. I'm not doing anything tonight, so I'm definitely going to be glued to my seat watching this one. Um, I'm not going to lie, guys. I really wanted to make a play here on this one. I just really can't do it. Brockmeyer is still questionable with an undisclosed injury is what I'm seeing right now. Hard to kind of find any information really on it if he's injured or not. Um, this game opened at a pick and it's moved all the way to BYU minus four. I guess if I was forced to bet on this game, I'd probably take BYU in the points. You know, I tried to look through Boise State's schedule with everyone they played. I really can't find any, like, you know, I can't find any, like, definite information. All the teams they've played are kind of still have question marks, too, so we really don't know anything. We'll say this, though. This is the biggest game BYU's played all season long, and from the research I've done, so... 
Apparently, college football can't practice on su- on Sundays. So on Tuesday, every single team in the nation was off for uh, for vote for voting because they had everybody vote. BYU doesn't practice on Sundays because of um because of religious stuff. I think you're able to practice though on a Sunday if that you play on like a Friday or Thursday night. I think you're allowed to have that extra day of practice. So ultimately, I mean. I feel like it's a bad spot for BYU. Plus, Boise State, this is only the second time in the last 15 years they've been a home underdog on that blue turf up there in Boise. The last time was Fresno State, and they ended up beating the brakes off Fresno State in that game. So, ultimately, you know, it's a, it's a tough one to bet. I guess I would play BYU just because, you know, you got to think. Like you said, they have a great team, and this is going to be the biggest game all season long. They probably think they can get in that college football playoff. You know, if they're going to pick a game to leave everything out on the field, this is it right here. They only have two games left on the schedule, and neither team really can – I mean, the other two teams they play are both horrible this year. So this is this is the Super Bowl for them. This, if there's a year where a, uh, a smaller school is going to get in, you would think it'd be this year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see what they got. Yeah, you know, it'd be funny too. I wish they could do this. Obviously, they can. It'd be awesome though to make them in a Cincinnati if they're both undefeated play each other to see who gets that fourth spot if everybody's got two losses. But yeah. <laughs> we'll cross that uh, when it comes up. We'll go now to the Big Ten. This is the biggest matchup in the Big Ten this weekend. That would be number 23, Michigan, off a horrible loss last week to Michigan State. is at number 13, Indiana. Indiana's a three-point home underdog. Over-under set at 54.5. I'll start us off with this one. Um, I actually love Michigan in this one. I think this is my strongest play in college football this weekend. Michigan's beat Indiana the last 24 times straight up. Um, they should be pissed off after losing that game. You know, you lose to a bitter rival. You, you probably got everyone talking now that Harbaugh should be fired. Harbaugh don't know what he's doing. I mean, for Harbaugh, this is put up or shut up. If he has any kind of balls whatsoever, anything, you know, if, John, if, if Harbaugh thinks he's anybody, he needs to come out here and have one of his best performances he's had as a coach. That's what he's got to do here. Um, this is the highest Indiana's been ranked actually since they beat Michigan back in the back. Uh, back in I guess it would be 25 times ago they played each other, and that was when they were number 11. Um, since 1980, which is when they've started tracking spreads, this is the shortest favorite Michigan has ever been in this series. Also, too, if you go look at the numbers, I mean, this Indiana offense really hasn't done anything. They've gotten turnovers. They've been fortunate. I mean, they should not have even beaten Penn State. I think that was definitely a faulty final score. Ultimately, I think Indiana is extremely overrated. Also, think about this, too. This Indiana team was damn good last year, and they got the brakes beaten off them by Michigan. It was like 45-21 to or 45-13. They scored a garbage-time touchdown to make the score look even closer than it was. It was never a game. Give me Michigan, minus three. I'll take those points all day. Yeah, this is going to be a no-play for me, actually. But I, I do want to say, just real quick, what Coach Allen has done at Indiana is unbelievable. I mean, the guys, they're believing. They're 2-0. and That's a great start. Like you said, they're ranked. Um, Michigan, I really don't think their offense was the problem against Michigan State. I mean, that mm-hmm. defense was so bad. Um, and Harbaugh, I just – I mean – at one point, I was going to say he doesn't win big games, but that wasn't even that big of a game. Michigan State's horrible. I guess it's a rivalry, but, I mean, you can't lose these types of games. I, I don't think Harbaugh loses uh, back-to-back games like this when he's favored, so I would lean towards Michigan in the points as well. Yeah, you know, if, like you said, too, I mean, Michigan State's awful. Their quarterback's named Rocky Lombardi. But Why, don't poke there. fun at the name. That's an outstanding no, name. No, that's what I'm saying. That is a great name right there. I mean, he's definitely a fighter. Uh, you get my corny joke there. Anyway, 
Let's move now to the ACC game of the week. This is number one, Clemson Tigers on the road at number five, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a five-point underdog in South Bend. Not too often you get to say that. The over-under is set at 50-and-a-half. Ben, I know you got some great numbers for this game. I'm going to let you start us off and give us your reasoning on this one. Yeah, I'll start with the numbers, then I'll just kind of give uh, a short little analysis. Notre Dame is 1-19. That's one win and 19 losses versus top five opponents in the last 20 years. Also, they have not won a BCS or a New Year's Six Bowl game since 1994. Over that time frame, 45 out of the 65 Power Five programs have won. Even Kansas has won. Now, Kansas had that one good year, obviously, with Akeem Tlaib and, and uh, was it Chris Harris that also played with him? But that, that's besides yeah. the point. I'll give a quick analysis of the game real quick. Um, Notre Dame, in my opinion, based off numbers, how they're running the football right now, has the second best offensive line in the country. Behind, I would put that behind Bama right now. They're not allowing that much uh, sacks. They're not allowing a lot of quarterback pressures, and they're rushing the ball all over teams. Their defensive line has been able to get pass rush, and Notre Dame has won 22 home games in a row. But, and it's a big but, to beat Clemson, the you have to stretch them out. You have to stretch that defense, and Notre Dame is weak on the perimeter. They do not throw the ball downfield very often or very effectively. I think that's an advantage to Venables and his Clemson defense. Now, I like the under in this game. Okay. I believe it's fifty. I believe. Uh, did you say what the total was? Fifty-four and a half. Fifty-four and a half. I like that. And here's my reasoning: Notre Dame has good pass rush. I think they can affect the young quarterback of Clemson. And I don't expect Notre Dame to be able to score much on any good team they face this year. So I'm going to take the under. And I do not hate playing Notre Dame with the points. Because I think they can keep this close. This defense and this rushing game, they've been able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think if they can do that, they can hang in this game. But I don't see them winning the football game. So I'm just going to touch the the total. I'm going to take the under. You know, Ben, I think that's a good play on the under because of these defenses. Um, Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson's 28th against the pass. Notre Dame 25th. Clemson 29th against the run, Notre Dame 23. So, you know, both these defenses are really good. See, look, Notre Dame has played no one, in my opinion. I mean, they have played nobody so far in the schedule. They've probably played one of the easiest ACC schedules yet. They barely even squeaked out again against a win against the best team on their schedule, Louisville. They even made Duke look like they belong to be a D1 football program, as bad as Duke has looked at times this season. Um, even Florida State hung around with them for a little while. Georgia Tech held that offense up. Look. I think the way to beat Clemson is with a dynamic pass game. I don't see that here for Notre Dame. I think Clemson is a secondary that can fly around and make plays. Also, call me crazy, the better quarterback is starting for Clemson. That is DJ Ugalele. I mean, this kid's a freak, man. He can run the ball. He can pass it. He can do everything. Him and Travis Etienne are about to have a field day, I think. I think they're going to run the ball. I think Clemson is going to run for over 200 yards here on Notre Dame and push them around and bully them. I mean, Clemson clearly has the better athletes. They have the better team. This kid looked comfortable and like he settled in in the second half last week. I mean, in my opinion, he would start at any school in the nation outside from Clemson, UNC, and um, Ohio State. So, I mean, I love everything matching up here for Clemson. I'm officially playing Clemson minus five. I think Clemson comes in here and handles business. I like a 31-24 game, something like that. I think Clemson scores a TD late and pulls away, or maybe Notre Dame gets a garbage time touchdown. But I still think that Clemson wins this game by a touchdown. I think that... 
five is a good number for this game. I think Clemson, you know, Clemson always handles business, man. I think Dabo comes out here and gets it done once again, and the Tigers keep rolling on their way to an, to another uh, national title berth. This is a massive game for Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just massive. And the way that he's on his press conference and so far, he's pretty much already said his game plan. He goes, listen, we're going to run the football. They know we're going to run the football. We're going to see if they can stop us from running the football. I don't think that's a play. I, I literally think he is going to run the football a lot in this game. This is a big game. It's going to take in-game adjustments by Brian Kelly. I don't think he's a great coach at in-game adjustments personally. Um, the coaching adjustment 1,000% goes to Dabo and Venables. Uh, Venables is the defensive coordinator for Clemson. This is an interesting game, though. Um, Notre Dame needs this. They need this. Brian Kelly needs this. Mm-hmm. Ian Book needs this. The city of South Bend needs this. I think they can keep this close, and I don't think it'll be as high scoring as uh, the score that you may have just predicted. I think these defenses are good enough. I really do. Hey, you could very well be right, Ben. I you know, like I said, I don't hate your under. To be honest with you, I've been considering playing this under all day, all week. It's been a play that's been, you know, like right there for me. We'll see what happens. We'll see how Saturday's going if I and, decide to throw this in play or not. And real quick, uh, this is not the first true freshman going into Notre Dame to try and get a win. Jake Fromm did that just a couple years ago mm-hmm. for Georgia. Um, so it has been done before. Uh, when Fromm did it, it was a it was uh, a sold out crowd. It, I was actually there. It was more Georgia fans probably, if not very, very close. This one won't have as many fans, so that should benefit the young quarterback. But it, it's still a tall order to ask a true freshman to go into a famous stadium like this and uh, get the job done. It's a good thing he's got one of the best running backs in the country. And Amari Rogers on the outside, number three, is a stud. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with everything you said, Ben. One last thing before we move uh, to the game you kind of handed out there by moving Jake Fromm or by mentioning Jake Fromm. Um, I, li- I honestly kind of like what Brian Kelly's been saying. It's kind of like he hasn't backed down. He said, yeah, I know we've played bad oh, yeah. big games, but it's a new season. It's a new game, and we're going to come out here and do our thing and try to win this game. I mean, honestly, Brian Kelly, like, he went up probably from 10 points in my book after the way he's treated everything. Like, I love these press conferences. He's showing fire, man. Like, this Notre Dame team's going to come out highly motivated. I just simply think it's Dabo, Sweeney, and Clemson, man. They're always on a mission. I think it's going to be a great game. Don't Like, honestly, I'm more excited for this game than I am for the next game we're going to talk about. But, I mean, man, it's, it's going to be a good one. The next game we handed at is number 5 UGA playing at a neutral site in Jacksonville versus number 10 Florida. The Florida Gators find themselves a three-and-a-half-point dog. It opened at six. It's moved all the way down to three-and-a-half. Over-under set at 52-and-a-half. Ben, what are, you, what are you thinking on this one? I know you got some good stuff for us. Florida's a dog in this one? Yeah, Florida's a three-and-a-half-point dog. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a take. <laughs> you can write that down right there. I'll take Florida and the points. Um, this, I mean, Georgia – this is Florida's best chance to beat Kirby Smart, uh, which Dan Mullen has not done yet. Georgia has their starting safety and best playmaker on the, in the secondary, Richard LeCount, um, sitting this one out. He unfortunately got injured last week um, in a motorcycle accident after the game. They have starting defensive tackle Jordan Davis not going to be playing. They have other starting defensive tackle Julian Rochester not going to be playing. Those are their two biggest boys. The defensive line, they are tremendous at eating up the run. Um, uh, Monty Rice, number 32, middle linebacker, has been playing, but it's not 100%. He's not getting sideline to sideline, what I'm used to watching him do. 
the, this Georgia defense is just so banged up, and this is not a team that can rely on their offense um, to win them games, to be uh, you know straight out of the gun with it. Stetson Bennett has not looked good recently. They will have George Pickens back. So you can't look at Georgia's offense when Pickens doesn't play in games when he does. It's a totally different offense. What Pickens does is what every great receiver does is he's probably going to get double teamed, which opens up one-on-one opportunities for the younger guys. And boy, does Georgia have some younger guys playing receiver for them. Those guys seem to play better. Burton, number seven, is a true freshman. He seems to play better when Pickens plays. There's less pressure on him. I just – Florida's offense is absolutely rolling. I know they haven't played um, in a little bit. Uh, let's see, was their last big game, the game they lost to Texas A&M? That was their last kind of big like, matchup. Oh, big matchup. Yeah, that was their last big matchup. But they, I think they had a yeah. bye week, and then they played Missouri last week and won it big. Yeah. They had the brawl. Oh, that's right. Um, Trask is on a roll right now. Obviously, the Georgia defense is going to be focused on Kyle Pitts, number 84, the tight end slash receiver. Kind of lines mm-hmm. up all over the place. Very versatile. I think missing LeCount, I think LeCount would match up on uh, Pitts pretty often throughout this game. So I think Lewis C, number 16, is going to have to step up for Georgia. Listen, this is a game that Georgia can still win. They absolutely can. Florida's defense is not that good. I think Zamir White, and I think James Cook are going to have to have big games on the ground for Georgia. I think Georgia really needs to shoot for around 200 rushing, rushing yards in this game. I don't think Stetson Bennett can win it through the air. So I'm going to take Florida with the points. It, it kills me. I, I hate Florida with my guts. You know, Ben, unfortunately, I have to make the exact same play as you do. Florida with the points, man. Give it to me all day. Um, I also don't hate the under here or that trend that we had been using earlier this year where it's Georgia on a home or neutral site with the over under under 60 points is in play again on this game. Personally, I'm not taking it. Look, Dan Mullen is yet to win a big game dating all the way back to Mississippi State. Even when he's at Mississippi State and they had their best team they had there, he couldn't take down out. He couldn't uh, take down Alabama and he lost Georgia Tech in the bowl game. His best win is beating Virginia in the uh, Orange Bowl last year. That's his best win he has as a coach, in my opinion. Look, if Dan Mullen's going to have any chance to beat Georgia, this is it right here. This is your best chance, Dan Mullen. you got to leave everything out there in the field. I think Florida comes in this game highly motivated. I think they have great matchups. I think Pitts with without LeCount with the banged up banged up linebacker for Georgia. I think it's going to be a good good everything for him. I think Florida should come in focus. Their defense finally had a good performance, and I think Mullen fired the team up a little bit after hyping him up after that fight they had with Missouri by him putting his hands up in the air and everything. Like I feel like this team's rallied around him. He kind of looked like a clown when they had that COVID outbreak after he said he wanted to pack in the swamp, <laughs> and then now like I feel like that everything's rolling for him again. I feel like that was like a huge momentum shift. The fact that he pumped the whole entire crowd up as stupid as he looked doing it. I think this is Florida's best chance they're going to have to take him down. Um, I mean, when you think about it, yeah, you could say Kirby Smart's own Florida. At the same time, it's been, you know, with the in, with interim head coach Randy Shannon. It's been with uh, trying to build things up here with Dan Mullen. I think I think Florida is going to win this game straight up. I love Florida, though, in three and a half points. We've got a key number there as well. Georgia's going to struggle to score. I think Florida can get up and down the field when they're going to need to with a banged-up Georgia defense, and it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough for Georgia to move this ball. I th- I think Florida's you know, I, I, this is Florida's best chance right here. They got to come out and win this one straight up. And also, Ben took Georgia to win this side of the SEC. I took Florida, so we got a little bit of that going down too right here. The battle for the for the conference. Yeah. Uh, does it help that 
big people are missing this game for the dogs, uh, for my case in that. I think uh, Kadarius Toney is another guy to watch watch out for for Florida. Um, jet sweeps, deep threat down the field. The dude's one of the fastest guys in the country. For Georgia, though, I mean, they have to get Pickens involved early. You have to throw – I mean, I don't – hand the ball off to him if you have to on a jet sweep. You have to get your best playmaker the ball. And they're going to – and I, I think Georgia's offensive line is really playing well. I think Zamir White has really come into its own. They're going to have to establish the ground game early. But I think the play calling is more of a problem for Georgia right now than just Stetson Bennett. And I'll go into that a little bit. I think he is capable of throwing the ball downfield. Georgia just doesn't let him. I don't know if that's the offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's Kirby. Um, Kirby seems to be pretty much kind of like a control freak, even though he's not an offensive guy. I've heard from a couple people um, from Georgia that they think Kirby's the problem with the lack of downfield passing. Listen, when you have a guy as big, fast, and strong as George Pickens, you have to take advantage of it in every way possible. If Florida's going to give you a one-on-one, you should throw George Pickens the ball every single time. I don't care if someone else is open. Throw George Pickens the ball because a 50-50 ball with him is not 50-50. It's more like 80-20. He, one-on-one, he's coming down with that football. They have to get him involved early. I think they need to open the playbook for Stetson Bennett. I really do. Dump these little dinks, these little six-yard passes are not going to be are not going to win these big games. Stetson Bennett's not going to win you that big game. Unless you have a huge day on the ground, I think Zamir White, James Cook, and uh, Pickens, the three best Georgia players, they're going to have to be heavily involved in the game plan. They're going to have to execute. That's how Georgia's going to win this football game. Their defense is still good enough. It really mm-hmm. is. But missing your best ball hawk guy in the sick in the secondary and your two biggest guys to stop the run, you're go- you're going to need some other guys to step up. So let's see if Stetson can step up. Hey, yeah, that's the way you got to be, man, big games like this when you're down a couple times. It's all about that next man up. That's what great football teams do across the board is they step up when they have guys down. That's what I think Clemson's going to do. Hey, if Georgia steps up, look, I'm not going to lie to you. When Georgia was healthy, I was all over Georgia in this game. But the fact now that they're not healthy, that scares me a little bit. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to watch this game. I can't wait. It's kind of fun that you got strength on strength with that defense versus that offense. Um, next game up is our last game. Unfortunately, as much as I hate this conference, we have to throw the Pac-12 in there. And <laughs> that is Arizona State at number 20 USC. USC is an 11-point home favorite. Um, over-under set at 56. I'll start off with this one. So this game starts at 12 o'clock. And so I'm, I know, Ben, you watched that video I sent you. Just to basically shorten things up, the Pac-12 has done a horrible job at marketing themselves and making money for the conference. So ESPN and whoever their advisor is says that they think if they start playing games earlier in the day, so at 12 o'clock will be better for them. This is going to be the first game of the season at 9 a.m. Already unders were hitting at 70% in games where teams are start or playing their first game, especially if it's out on like a weird week. That's this game right here. But I actually love, and I played the first half under 29 points. Look, I think both these teams are still going to be asleep, and I think it's a good line. I mean, USC already has a really good defense. They have tons of top recruits on there. Arizona State returns 83% of their defense from last year that was already one of the best in the conference. Um, Arizona State has the highest recruit they've ever had at quarterback, Jaden McDaniels. He's a four-star recruit. They actually stole away from Alabama. They don't have Brandon Ayuk or, you know, Benjamin anymore, who are two big-time playmakers. This true freshman running back, his name leaves me at the moment. They got him over Alabama and other schools. I mean, this is a team that has Herm Edwards as their head coach. They have Marvin Lewis. 
Um, they have uh, Antonio the Pierce. Other? Yeah, Antonio Pierce. So they have NFL caliber guys on here helping coach up this team. They're bringing their recruits. I think Arizona State's in a good spot catching 11 points here. Um, Air, Herm Edwards has not lost a conference game by more than one score, so we'll see if that holds true. Look, USC, Keaton Slovis, the guys they have at wide receiver. I mean, they have two freaks at wide receivers, so I mean, they definitely have the offensive guys there to hang out with Arizona State in this game. I just think Arizona State's being undervalued. Give me the points and give me that first half under. I expect these teams to wake up in the second half. Uh, what did you get the first half under again? 29. Okay, I was writing it down. Um, I'm going to take the exact same two bets as you, to be honest with you. Um, the, fir- the first half under, I'm going to take that. 9 a.m. start, local time for them is absolutely brutal. Um, and also, this is this is too many points. Uh, for game one, mm-hmm. where both teams have not played, this is, I think, a disrespectful line um, to Arizona State. So I'm going to take Arizona State with the points and also the first half under. Like you said, Jaden Daniels is is a dual threat guy. He he can can throw the ball very well. Also runs it very uh, efficiently when he's asked to run. He does it very well. I think the key with him he he needs as as you get older and as you're dual threat, you need to show that you can hang in the pocket a little bit more. But when I say that, I'm not saying to limit his full capability. You see a running lane, take it, take mm-hmm. that, and do not force a throw. I love what Herm Edwards is doing, so I'm going to take Arizona State with the points and the first half under. Hey, I love it, Ben. We're on the same side on a couple of these, which is good. Also good, we got a little disagreement as well. So I'm excited, man. This is going to be a great college football slate. The nice thing is, after we watch an amazing uh, Saturday of college football, we get to wake up to a great NFL Sunday. There's so many good matchups. We got five games to cover for y'all this week. Y'all know usually we do like four and four or something other like that. We got a bunch for y'all this week as well in the NFL. Um, let's go ahead and start things off with the, honestly, in my opinion, probably the best matchup all Sunday long. The Buffalo Bills host the Seattle Seahawks. The Bills find themselves a three-point dog. Over-under set at 55 in this one. I have two plays in this one, so I'll start us off. Um, y'all know me. Y'all know I love to back the Bills, but I can't do it here. Yes, Buffalo's defense has gotten healthier. They got Tredavious White back. Anthony Milano is supposed to play as well. Or, I mean, Matt Milano, sorry, is supposed to play as well. Um, Look, I just don't think, man, there's any slowing down the Seahawks offense. The Seahawks team is on a roll right now. The Seahawks are 7-1 against the spread the week after playing San Francisco. That's them in this spot right here. They're also 13-1 against the spread after a division game, which was San Francisco last week, and 14-0 in a teaser. I'm going to be using the Seahawks in a teaser as well, even though I really don't like teasing through key numbers. But, I mean, 14-0 in a teaser, i got to play on that. This Seahawks team is well under Pete Carroll, plays very well in that 12 o'clock window. You know, a lot of these teams, man, you would, you'd sit here and you'd think, you know, the teams that play – on the West Coast, and they have to travel to the East Coast and play at 9 a.m. or play at uh, that'd be 9 a.m. there, or I guess 10 a.m. their time. Seahawks are 14 and seven against the spread with three pushes in there as well with Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll seems to be able to get these teams up. I think Russell Wilson gets ready. Russell Wilson is on an absolute tear. I expect him and DK Metcalf and Lockett to have another massive day. I mean, this Bills defense has been awful this year. I'm, they were so good last year, and they have not been able to hold up their part. I think that there's gonna be no shortage of points here in this game. But ultimately, I think Seattle wins. You said a lot of things I like. I'll go through each of them. Even though Tredavious White's back, Milano's getting back, just like you said, the Seahawks' offense just doesn't look like it can be stopped. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is on a tear, and Aaron Rodgers 
just went off last night. So I think Russell Wilson watches that, knows he has to put big, good numbers up again if he wants to keep the MVP. Carlos Dunlap is going to be playing his first game with Seattle, and I believe Jamal Adams is going to be – I think Jamal Adams is expected to be back. I don't think that matters. I this is not going to be an official play as of right now, but it it, it it's pretty close to one. I'm going to take the over in this game. I don't think people can stop this offense uh, for Seattle. I don't. Um, I think Tre'Davious White is your best ma- He's your best corner, so he's going to be matched up probably with a safety favoring his side to be guarding DK Metcalf. That is a massive size difference. Um, advantage DK Metcalf, no matter who is guarding him. And if you want to focus all your energy on the defensive side on DK Metcalf, well, you have Tyler Lockett, who is just as much of a stud on the other side. So I'm going to take the over in this game. Um, I have not locked it in just yet. This should be a fantastic football game. I haven't checked the weather. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be anything damaging to the game, but I will most likely be playing the over in this game because both teams have very good offenses and the Seattle team can't stop anybody. Yeah, I mean, of all the reasons you said look great right there. By the way, actually, Milano was ruled out for some. I thought he was bad. He ruled out also okay. too. You know, I feel like an idiot. I've tried to fade Seattle so many times this year. Buffalo's defense though has been horrible. I mean, Seattle, they have the 26th ranked run defense in the league. Seattle's 11th in rushing the ball. They're 13th against the pass. But I mean, this is Russell freaking Wilson playing out of his mind. I mean, I've tried way too many times, man, to fade the Seattle team. I can't do it here. As much as I would love to play on the Bills, just simply can't do it. Wait, so you said you said official play on the over? Double checking. Uh, I am locking it in as we speak. Perfect. All right, put you down for that one. Um, next, let's move to another great matchup. This one will be at four twenty-five over. Um, I believe they're on Fox or no, they'll be on a uh, CBS. It is the Arizona Cardinals, fresh off a bye, as they host the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins plus four and a half here on the road. Over under set at forty-nine. What do you think on this one, Ben? I think this is a really interesting matchup. I really like this matchup. Two very young quarterbacks, the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year and Kyler Murray um, versus Tua Dungavaloa, who is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins now. I think with the Dolphins, um, I think you have to mention how good the de- their defense has looked uh, in recent weeks. Um, is it Byron Jones is their corner? Um, yes, from Cowboys. So. Yeah, so Jones and uh, Howard, I believe, are the two highest-paid cornerbacks in football. If not, they're, like, top three. And, boy, did they show out last week. Uh, They have not played a lot of football together. One has been injured or or something's been the case. This is a perfect matchup to really see if this Dolphins defense is for real. You have a lot of good um, wide receivers on the Arizona Cardinal team. Fitzgerald still gets it done. I think you have the best receiver in football. I know that we're Falcons fans, but I, I have a slight edge to Nuke Hopkins just it, just because Julio doesn't always play. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not in every single play. He always seems to be hurt. I'll take Hopkins in a slight advantage, but there's no wrong answer. Like I said, Fitz is still good. Christian Kirk has been a proven deep threat, and um, he's also been getting some red zone targets recently, and then you always have to uh, count Kyler Murray's legs as a weapon. This is a very tough task for uh, Flores and his defense. I think this is a game that actually fits Tua well, to be honest with you. Cardinals defense without Chandler Jones is not gonna is not, has not been able to get too much pressure on the quarterback. 
I think that benefits a young quarterback like Tua. You give him time, and I think he can really sling the rock around. Um, I like Devontae Parker. I think Devontae Parker and Tua, as they get more chemistry together, I think that's going to be a fantastic wide receiver quarterback duo. This is going to be a no play for me. I'm going to watch this as a fan. Hey, you know, I, I, uh, I like a lot of things you said there, Ben, and I can agree with a lot of them, including the uh, the statement with um, Nuke Hopkins. You know, I think he's definitely earned the right to put himself in that conversation. I'm actually going to go with the Cardinals here, minus four and a half as an official play. Look, that was a very fraudulent box score last week for the Dolphins. They really didn't do anything on offense. Yeah, Tua threw one touchdown pass. They really didn't move the ball up and down the field at all. Um, they had that. They returned a kick for a touchdown. They had a defensive score. They also had their defense return a fumble back to the one yard line. It was either a fumble or interception, so it looks a little better for them. Miles Gaskin is out, who has very much impressed me. Matt Burita as well might not play. Um, I mean, this de- this uh, offense has not looked good running the ball wise. They're currently ranked 32nd now in rush yards. They've not been able to move the ball that way. This Arizona defense creates turnovers and flies around and makes plays in that secondary. I think they're going to make it tough on Tua making his first start on the road. Look, I think Tua get one or two starts under his belt. He'll be ready. I think the Dolphins are a serious contender for defense. I just think Arizona, with two weeks to prepare for Tua, is going to be ready to go. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing here with with Arizona. I think Arizona is going to ultimately get the job done. Kyler Murray's on fire as well. He was the number one fantasy quarterback up until this week. He was I don't know what the numbers are now, but he was tied for the NFL lead in rushing touchdowns. I think he has this Arizona offense humming. I think Arizona gets this offense going early and often. I think they end up winning I think seven, by about seven points. I think it's going to be a really fun, good game to watch. And I think, honestly, this is the game Tua needs to get fully adjusted to the NFL. I You know, if this... This game was two this weeks is, away. I might love the points here with the Dolphins, but this is not a bad game to uh, if you want if if you're allowed on your book um, for the people listening to have a quarterback throw an interception. This is not a bad time to pick Tua. Oh, see, that's Ben's special prop right there. He's gotten it right every I'm two, single time for us. I'm two. Am I two and zero? Oh uh, I'm at a two and zero oh or three and zero oh on him this year. I don't do him every week. You really just it, it's not just. I mean, it's not just because he's a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals defense, like you said, has been flying around. Buda Baker, is, you just have to know he's been blitzing a lot recently, but also he just flies around the field. Patrick Peterson is always dangerous. The fact that Gaskin and Breida might be out with the lack of run game is detrimental to a young quarterback. Um, Tua might have to throw the football a lot. And, and really, if you throw one interception in a football game, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Um, you know, You can easily throw an interception and still win the football game. So it's not a bad one this weekend, but I'm not going to pick against, uh, you know, my nice alma mater's boy. quarterback. <laughs> hey, okay, I can respect that, Ben. I'm excited to watch that one. We'll flip things here, though, to Sunday night football as we have the New Orleans Saints playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Saints are on the road in this game. Spread is Tampa Bay is a home four-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under set at 50. Um, this is a tough one, honestly, to handicap. Drew Brees had that shoulder injury. I think he missed a couple practices. He was throwing on the sidelines and stuff. The Saints are also 9-1 and one against the spread in rematches in the same season in division. So they already played the Saints once, or the Bucks once. It's their second time playing them again. Also, I have this written verbatim in my notes. Slant Boy is back. I will refer to him as nothing besides <laughs> Slant Boy. He is back in action finally, so he adds a different dynamic. Look, if Slant Boy wasn't playing and Emmanuel Sanders being back, I would not even hesitate to gobble up the Saints in the points here. Look, the Saints have not been that impressive. They added Quan Alexander. He won't be able to play, though, in this game due to COVID protocols. I'm still deciding on this one. 
for the sake of this podcast, trust me, I will have an official play on this one. I play every primetime game. For the sake of this podcast, though, I will lean to the Buccaneers and the points. It's going to be Antonio Brown's first game back in there with a little banged-up Drew Brees. From what I've noticed over the years, where Drew Brees struggles the most is when you get a pass rush on him. Hence, the Vikings and the Saints' losses in the playoffs. Buccaneers have one of the best defenses in the league. I think they get after him. I think they were looking ahead a little last week. Also, Brady being the competitor he is, I mean, this Saints defense made him look kind of bad last game. Y'all don't think Tom Brady's pissed off about that? You're wrong. I think Brady's going to come out here and give them all they got. Sheldon Rankins is out for that defense. I think that Brady is going to come out here and throw the ball around. I like and I pick, and I'm... I think I'm going to pick. I mean, I've, it really depends on Drew Brees' shoulder if, if I end up locking him the Bucks, But that's the way I'm leaning right now is the Bucks. I'll give you all an official play on Twitter. Check me on Twitter at TB3Wins. Yeah, I don't have a play right now uh, either. But I'll just give a quick little synopsis of uh, our analysis of what I think. The Bucks are a different team than when these first two teams played. Uh, really different in every single way. Gronk is back. And I don't really mean back just playing football. I mean, he's back and looking good. Uh, is it th- is it a touchdown in three straight great games, I think it is, for Gronk? Brady is also playing great. Brady's looked great all season. Uh, and like you said, the defense. Even though Vita Vey is not there, the defense has been unbelievable for the Bucks. I don't really think you could get much from the first time these two, two, these two teams played to take with you going into this game. I really don't. Brady's playing much better. Gronk is playing much better. You're adding Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin is out, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Like Bruce, I actually saw like an hour ago, Bruce Arians believes Chris Godwin is be able to go. He's upgraded to probable. And Mike Evans is also playing? Yeah, Mike Evans is not even on the injury report right now. Okay, so they're going to have a full stable of weapons for Tom Brady. Obviously, Antonio Brown, uh, we'll see kind of how many targets he can get. He probably won't know the entire playbook. Um, I think we're going to see everything we got at Antonio Brown. I think there is a real relationship between Brady and Brown. Obviously, they played a short time on the uh, Patriots together. That's just another guy you have to cover when they get down to the red zone. And let's not forget Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, I think, has been magnificent this year. Very what good. the Bucks ask him to do. I would lean towards the Bucks as well. I think the Bucks are just a better football team. I agree with you completely, Ben. Also, too, you know, the Saints have been trying to run the ball a lot with Kamara. Tampa Bay has those fast linebackers who are going to be really good in coverage. Antoine Whitfield Jr. as well is going to be able to come up from safety and make some plays. Bucks are number one in the league against the run. Good luck, Drew Brees. Better hope Slant Boy's running wide open all game long or else this might be tough for him. Hey, I think we might have talked ourselves completely into the Bucks. It really depends on Drew Brees' arm. I kind of want to see him throw the ball around a little bit in warm-ups and kind of read a little bit more about that. As much as we or you really want to make fun of Slant Boy, a.k.a. Michael Thomas, he is still a stud, and he is within the top four receivers in this league. I, I would say it's Hopkins, Julio, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas in that order. He's he's really good, and when, when he is on the field, number nine looks much better. Mm-hmm. That arm and shoulders does scare me, though. I might tweet out play, but... Um, as of now, I'm just going to lean towards the Bucks. Hey, I like it, Ben. We'll see what ends up happening, what we end up playing on this game. Drew Brees' arm is going to end up being a huge factor. Another game we got here on the slate is the Chicago Bears go on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. This one sits as the Titans as a uh, six-point home favorite. 
Um, the over-under on this game is currently set at uh, 47. What are you thinking on this one, Ben? Yeah, this is uh, which team is more for real kind of game. If the Bears continue down this losing path, which they've now lost two in a row, then we are who they thought they were. And that's a famous quote from was it who who's quote? That nah, I can't think of it right now. Anyway, if the Titans lose this game, we have major problems here in the city I live in, which is Nashville, Tennessee. If you lose to the Bears at home, we have major problems in Nashville. I don't think the Titans lose this game. I don't think I, – I mean, I really don't. I think Vrabel can coach circles around Matt Nagy. I honestly don't th- – I think it's time to maybe start thinking about putting Trubisky back in. You want me to stir the pot, maybe have a hot take? Nick Foles has been atrocious. He can't throw the football. So, I mean, I think the Bears are exactly who we thought they were. I think we thought they were frauds when they were 4-1. and one. They've now lost two in a row. I don't have a play on this right now, but the Titans should win this football game. Yeah, by the way, Ben, I don't know what you said at the very beginning. My uh, AirPods kind of, I don't even know, they like acted up, so I was trying to reconnect them frankly or frantically. But I agree with the last part you said of no play on this football game. I really can't find an angle I want to hit on this game. Um, the Bears are 30th in running the football. They're 20th in passing the ball. They're passing the ball still, though, the most of any team in the league. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham looks like he's questionable. They have cluster injuries on the offensive line right now, which is brutal. The Titans, though, are 0-10 against the spread their last 10 games before Thursday Night Football, which they're on Thursday Night Football next week. So that is a little bit of a red flag there to me. I think the Titans will end up winning this game at home. Their defense, though, has been pretty bad as they're 27th in the league against the pass, 24th against the run. Jadavian Clowney's questionable as well. Um, I believe that um, who, which Chargers corner do they trade for again? I can't think off the top of Des- my head. Is it Desmond King? Yeah, Desmond King. Yeah, Desmond King's not going to play in this game either due to the COVID rules. Um, you know, I feel like the right play here would probably be to play the um, to play the Titans in in the six and a half. I just feel like the Bears. I mean, the last time we saw the Bears on the road catching six and a half was against the Rams, and we all saw how that one ended up. I could see the same things happening here similarly. I'm not going to touch this one personally, but I agree with you. Lean to the Titans on this one. Do you do you have a quick stat on where the Bears rank against against the run? How their defense does against the run? Yeah, the Bears defense ranks um, 18th in the league against the run, so King Henry should be able to have a day. Yeah, I was just I was just curious. Tannehill really needs to get back on track. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't look didn't look great the past two weeks, so I think this is the perfect team to face to get back on track. I don't think the Bears offense is really going to challenge uh or you know, I don't think they're going to be able to score point for point with the Titans. So the Bears are just so bad. Yeah, see, I'm in agreement with you there on that one. Also too, the honestly, the Titans get killed on third down, man. It feels like they get everyone They can't just, get off the field. Yeah, they cannot. I didn't check the exact numbers for them on on third down, but I just know from watching them play the last couple weeks they cannot get. It's like the Falcons. The longer the third down gets, the easier it gets to pick it up. It's it's been pretty bad. That third down defense has been pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Um, also, the game, Titans, have, also, Titans have lost two in a row as well. So both teams on two game losing streaks. Yeah, both teams got to get back on track here. Um, I think it's a good spot, like we said, for the Titans to get back on track. Last game on our radar. 
The spreads moved a lot. It opened as the Indianapolis Colts a three-point home dog to the Ravens. I wish I had a stat on how often the Colts have been home dogs. I guarantee you it's not very often. This one now is is the um, Colts as a one-point favorite at home. Um, Over-under set at 48. You got to play on this one, Ben? Well, I'll give a short little analysis first. Uh, this is who can play with the big boys game of the week. That's what this is. Both teams are good. I think that's easy to say. I think that's obvious. The Colts currently have the second-best defense, but I don't think many people believe, or I should say and, and I don't think many people believe that either of these teams can win at all right now, meaning win the Super Bowl. They're both good, but are they great? Whoever wins this game is heading towards the great category. This would be a great road victory for the Ravens against a good ball club. And this will be a great victory, a home victory for the Colts if they can hold on to this game. Question is, who do I trust more? I don't have much confidence in Lamar Jackson, excuse me, in a big game. And if people listen to this podcast on the regular, I don't like Phillip Rivers. So I think the Ravens get back on track in this game and I'm going to pick Ravens money line. If not, I might just parlay it with something. Um, I haven't submitted a bet in yet, but I am going to take the Ravens in this game. Hey, finally, we're on the opposite side on one that we're officially playing. Um, ben is on the Ravens, and I am going to go ahead and take the Colts. I already took the Colts earlier this week, actually. At, once I saw it keep dropping, I took it at plus one and a half. I went ahead and locked it in, but look. I have some bad news for the Ravens. You might think the Ravens would get back on track. I would too, honestly. Since 2016, though, they're 8-14 and 14 against, the, against the, um, the spread off the loss. The only team that's worse than that was the Browns at 2-7 and seven ATS, and it gets even worse for them. They are 2-7 and seven ATS off a loss since 2018. So, I mean, the Ravens in this spot have not done great bouncing back. Look, Indianapolis plays really well at home. I've been in that stadium a few times. It gets pretty loud in there. Obviously, they won't have the full home crowd, but still. I think the biggest difference maker, though, is Darius Leonard being back. If you look at the Colts' splits with and without Darius Leonard this season, they're absolutely insane. Darius Leonard is going to be back in action this game. I think he's going to be huge in running up and stopping the run. Also, too, Indianapolis is one of the best run defenses in the entire NFL as they rank second in the league against the run, going against the number one run offense here in Baltimore. I think Indianapolis, honestly, I could see the under hitting in this game. And look, the Ravens, they love to bully bad teams. Colts are not a bad team. I think the Colts and the, you know, like you said, the Colts and the Ravens are a lot similar in a lot of ways. I think it's a really good spot here to play the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts in minus one. I still like them at minus one. I would play them anything up to, up to two and a half. Yeah, so actually for what you said, there's two reasons why I'm taking the Ravens. They're number two against the run. Baltimore's number one. It's an offensive league, so when numbers are pretty close like that, I tend to favor the offenses in football nowadays. That plays more, in effect, in college football a lot more than it does into the NFL. But two, here's the reason why I'm also going to pick the Ravens. Because I look at this game, and in my head, I think Colts. I think, I think the Ravens can't win big games. I think Colts this, Colts that, and that's exactly – why I'm picking the Ravens because I don't trust my initial thought. I've been wrong on the NFL lately, so same. I'm picking the Ravens. Yeah, hey, I've been wrong on the NFL lately. The good thing about us picking opposite sides here, Ben, 
is that one of us has to be right. So <laughs> hopefully we both can't be wrong. If we were both wrong, I don't even know what I would say at this point. Also, too, Ronnie Stanley going down is a huge loss. Um, big. Yep. Mark Ingram still questionable. I don't know how big of a deal that is. But actually, um, who which corner was it? It was Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, it was Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. He got put on the COVID list, so I think that's it. I mean, that's a decently big loss. I think Humphrey's one of the better corners in the league. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I can't wait to watch it. This one is played. Is this one? Yeah, it's a 1 o'clock start. This one will definitely find its way on one of my TVs at 1 o'clock. Can't wait for it. I can't remember the last time we had five good NFL matchups like this. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to watch the Stinky Falcons on one of my TVs as well. Ben, is there anything else you want to add or say before we get up out of here? Yeah, I'll give out – two picks for the people if, if they want to fade me go ahead if you want to follow me be my guest um i have a teaser in the nfl that i've already locked in i have a teaser of texans uh down to a pick em against the jags and new england minus one against the jets that's a teaser i have this week i really don't see how that doesn't hit if if the patriots can't beat the jets by more than one they have more problems than they think um and the Texans holding on to Will Fuller and Cooks. I, I wouldn't take them if they lost them. So Deshaun still has two pretty good weapons. The Jags are horrendous. Uh, Minshew is not going to be playing against multiple fractures in his right throwing thumb. So I like that teaser. I have a parlay, which I'm not going to give out for college football, but I will give out one of the picks in the parlay, which is the Kansas Jayhawks are playing the Oklahoma Sooners. I like over in that game. It's like 63 when I got it at. It's a high number. Go look at how many points Kansas gives up. Oklahoma can score. I like the over in that game. Um, that's all I got for the people. This is going to be a, another great week of sports. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Hey, I'm really excited too. Spoiler alert, I have the exact same teaser as well. I think there will be a good bit of other people to do as well. I'd be shook if we didn't, chat, didn't uh, cash it as well. Ben, I appreciate you coming on and helping me out once again. Man, you already know we're going to get down to it again next week. Yeah, man. It was fun. Hey, once again, guys, we appreciate everyone who tunes in. Please gamble responsibly. Hope everyone makes money and has a good weekend. We will see you all again on Tuesday.